Hello and welcome to Victory Briefings, where we use the Word of God for a victorious life. I'm Dwight Hammond and I'm glad you're listening today. Be blessed by the Holy Spirit as He gives you new revelation knowledge through the Word of God. Paul's Intercession for the Saints Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21 Remember, there are two prayers in Ephesians here and in uh, the first chapter, verses 15 through 23, and they complement each other. The first is a prayer for enlightenment, and this prayer is a prayer for enablement. Today, we're going to explore Paul's second prayer in his letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians 3, verse 14, For this reason I bend my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner self, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul wants the Ephesians and us to understand all that we have in Christ. And then he wants us to live what we have learned. This prayer transitions us into the second half of the book where we learn how to walk in Christ Jesus. The first three chapters have told us what we have in Christ, and the last three chapters will show us how to walk in Christ. We need not only light to begin, but power to continue our Christian life. Paul says, For this reason I bend my knees before the Father. It's interesting that Paul bowed his knees. The Jews didn't kneel when they prayed. They stood with their hands raised toward heaven when they prayed. There has been much debate on physical position while praying, and it's interesting how folks would argue about the best way to pray. It reminds me of a, of a story that I heard years ago. Some small group of Christians was arguing about what the best posture is when praying. One insisted that the only way to pray was on your knees. Another said that it was the best way it would be to stand with your head bowed. And the third person uh, declared that the only way to pray was be seated in a chair looking up to God. One who till then had been silent testified of when he accidentally fell headfirst into a well. He said while hanging there upside down, he prayed a prayer which he said was the most efficient prayer he'd ever prayed. So the position of your body is not that important, or hanging upside down is the most effective way to pray. You decide. But think about the position of your heart when you pray. 
So Paul is praying for the saints on bended knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Now the word family here is interesting. It, it could be translated fatherhood. Every fatherhood gets its origin and name from God the Father. Or every family that is exists as a family with a father because of him. God is the ultimate example father. Most people have forgotten or never learned about the father-son relationship. Paul prays for God's family in heaven and earth. That's where his family is. On earth, we are members of his family and the church. The body of Christ is on the earth. The family is on the earth and in heaven. When we die, we leave the body, but not the family. Our ministry on earth is replaced by someone else, but we don't leave the family. Every family in heaven and on earth has gotten its name from the Father. Name is characteristics. Name is who you were designed after. And there is no such thing in Scripture as a universal fatherhood of God that saves all men. Remember, you must be born again. John 3, verse 7. Paul continues his prayer for us in verse 16 that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner self. The power is given to us according to the riches of his glory. All things in Christ, which he lavished upon us, in chapter 1, verse 8. The word strengthened is from the Greek word krateo, which means ruling power. God wants us to be strong with dominion power for making proclamations and decrees to blockade the enemy and to advance the kingdom of God. With this power, Criteo, we enforce God's strategies using the keys of the kingdom to open and close and bind and loose things on earth as they are in heaven. Look at Matthew 16, verse 19. We are kings in this life, but often... We don't understand or don't know how to properly rule our own lives, let alone give someone else advice. It's time for us to grow up. The word power in this verse is dunamis, built-in explosive power, connected to our faith. By using our God-given faith, we have the ability to rule with military force from our inner man, We are stabilized and the master over our circumstances. We stand on our profession of the word of God and we can rule the enemy with our decrees. The spirit of God who was hovering over the surface of the waters in the darkness of a formless, desolate planet. When God said, let there be light, he is the same spirit that lives in us. He's the same spirit that operates through you. He can handle the chaos in your situation. Paul is giving us an example prayer to use for ourselves and others. Pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ to be strengthened in their inner self, in their inner man. How carelessly some Christians treat their inner person. The Holy Spirit empowers us from within through the Word of God and prayer. The presence of the Holy Spirit in your life is the evidence of salvation, according to Romans 8 verse 9 
It is the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to live in Christ. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you. Acts 1 verse 8. Jesus performed his ministry on earth in the power of the Holy Spirit, according to Luke 4 verses 1 and 14 and Acts chapter 10 verse 38. And this is the only resource we have for Christian living today. As you study the book of Acts, you can find 59 references to the Holy Spirit. Don't leave him out of your journey through life. I thank God that Paul was praying that God would grant to me, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in my inner man. And he goes on in verse 17, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love. This is awesome. He wants the anointing, the anointed one and the anointing, to feel at home, to dwell in our hearts. Of course, the anointed one does dwell in the heart of every believer, but not every heart is a comfortable home for him. Jesus loved to go to Bethany because his friends there loved him, fed on his word, and served him. When the pre-incarnate Christ came to earth to talk to Abraham in Genesis 18, he sent two angels ahead to visit Lot in Genesis 19 because he did not feel at home in the house of the worldly believer. Does he feel at home in your heart? Jesus feels at home in our hearts when he finds faith and love rooted and grounded. Rooted in verse 17 suggests a steady position, a habit of faith and love. Like a tree rooted in the soil, too many Christians want the fruit of the Spirit without being rooted in spiritual things. Verse 18 says that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and height and depth. Comprehend in verse 18 should be apprehended or lay hold of. Paul has already prayed that we might have understanding. Now he prays that we might lay our hands on the wonderful blessings and grasp them for ourselves. We need to hang on to this stuff that God has provided us in Christ Jesus. By faith, we lay hold of God's promises. Paul especially wants you to lay hold of God's immeasurable love, a love that fills all things. Far too many Christians think of God as an angry judge, a stern master, instead of a loving father. Verse 19, And to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the fullness of God, to all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God is an awesome thing. My uh, Spirit-Filled Life Bible has a note on that. It says, Fullness is a full number, a full ship with cargo and crew, or it could be a picture of a town with no empty houses. Paul is praying for us to be filled with all the fullness of God, with no empty spots in our hearts. Filled with all the fullness of God is God's ultimate purpose for our lives. Read carefully John 1.16 and Colossians 2.9-10. You should read those. You are complete in Him. Why live like paupers when God has given us fullness? An empty life is disappointing and dangerous. 
If the Spirit of God does not fill us, then the spirit of disobedience, chapter 2, verse 2, goes to work and we fall into sin. In verse 20 and 21, here Paul points out that as we pray, God's Spirit goes to work in us. And 1 Thessalonians 2, 13, along with Colossians 3, 16, teaches that God empowers us through his word. These early saints gave themselves to prayer and to the word of God, according to Acts 6, 4. And God worked mightily in them and through them. Verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Verses 20 and 21 is Paul's doxology, and he closes this first section of the letter. God works in us. God works through us. God is glorified in us. What a wonderful salvation we have. This power works in us as we open our hearts to Christ and cultivate this abiding fellowship and as we pray and submit to his word. There's no reason for believers to be down in the dumps when we are seated with Christ and filled with God's goodness. Verse 21 says, To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. This doxology serves as a fitting conclusion not only to this prayer, but also to this book's first three chapters. I hope you are subscribed and will make it a part of your ministry to share this message with others. God bless you, my friend. This program and other materials are available at victorybriefings.net. <music>